Welcome back to the Adult Study Guide podcast from Bogard Press. We're glad you've joined us as we look at the winner of 2021-2022 Adult Study Guide, The Gospel of Grace. As Brother Mark Clements walks us through the Book of Romans, we will see a beautiful picture of God's love for all people and His desire for them to know Him as Lord and Savior. Each week, Brother Mark will walk us through this story as we look at God's grace for us and others. Take it away, Brother Mark. Today's lesson is the Gospel of Grace for the Gentiles from Romans 1, 1 through 32. Seeking the Context After his virgin birth, sinless life, crucifixion, burial, and resurrection, Jesus ascended from the earth to the Father in heaven. This is the gospel of which Jesus commissioned his church to testify. The first church had voted to replace Judas Iscariot with Matthias in the office of apostle, and now were waiting for the promised Holy Spirit to come. A few days later, on the day of Pentecost, Jerusalem was filled with people from all over the world, and the Holy Spirit came in power to the Jerusalem church. The church members began to tell the good news of Jesus, and although the people who listened spoke different languages, they heard the precious gospel in their own dialects. The Holy Spirit miraculously worked in His church to communicate Jesus Christ. Among those who listened that day were people from Rome, Acts 2.10. Though neither Paul nor any other apostle had yet visited Rome, there was a community of Christians in the city. It is likely that some who were baptized on the day of Pentecost traveled back to Rome and spread the good news. At the time of this letter, Rome's population exceeded one million people, having become an attractive metropolis which drew many people. Paul knew many Christians in Rome, including Priscilla and Aquila, who hosted a church in their home, Romans 16, 3-5. Phoebe, a faithful member at the church in Kentre, had apparently planned a trip to Rome. Paul, who was in Corinth at the time, was moved by the Holy Spirit to write a letter to the Romans and sent it with Phoebe, Romans 16, 1 and 2. The book of Romans was not Paul's first epistle, but it always comes first in the list of his writings. Romans powerfully examined and explained the gospel to the degree that some have called it Paul's magnum opus, or the Christian's magna carta. The book of Romans served as the first systematic theology for Christianity. Among many other things, the book of Romans made the gospel very clear. It confirmed that the Roman Christian's faith was authentic, and it encouraged believers to continue obeying God. Rome was a multi-ethnic city, so the churches there were likely comprised of both Jew and Gentile membership. The Holy Spirit spoke through Paul in order to demonstrate the power and efficacy of the gospel to everyone, whether Jew or Greek. Paul was not ashamed of the gospel, though others refused to embrace its Savior. The good news of Jesus showcases the holiness of God and offers righteousness to those who believe. God's power to rescue sinners who believe is found in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans 1, 16 and 17. Why would anyone need to worry about being rescued? In the first few chapters of Romans, Paul demonstrated mankind's desperate need for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Today's text introduces the reader to the Gentiles' need for God's grace. 
A few years ago, while hunting, I chose to leave a familiar location in an attempt to track an animal. I wandered through the woods, discovering new areas as I roamed. After a while, I realized I did not know where I was. I headed a direction I thought would lead me back to where I began, only to find out it was the wrong direction. I was lost. By the time I finally admitted I was lost, I looked at my phone and the battery was nearly dead. Thankfully, it had enough charge to get me back on the right path. More dangerous than being lost in the woods is being spiritually lost without salvation. Every day, people move through life carelessly ignorant of their lostness. Christians have the gospel of Jesus Christ that is powerful enough to rescue everyone through faith. But before a person willfully receives the good news, he must be convinced he needs it. All people must come to the painful realization that they are lost without Christ. All people are sinners, but everyone may receive grace through faith in Jesus Christ. God, in His abundant mercy, has demonstrated His love for the world by sending His only Son to save all who would believe in Him. God can rescue, but man must realize the dangers from which he must be saved. Why is it so important to grasp God's power in the gospel? Searching the text. Number one, the gospel rescues from God's wrath. Romans 1, 18-22 For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Every godly father loves his wife and children. If a man follows God's commands to love his wife as Christ loves the church and to bring his children up in the care of the Lord, not provoking them to anger, he demonstrates godly love for God and his family. Ephesians 5.25 and 6.4 When a man sacrificially loves his family with a full heart, he will do whatever he can to protect them. If my children or wife are in physical danger, I will likely put my own life on the line to keep them safe. The way a father protects his children may appear to be wrathful toward the enemy, but it begins with love toward his children. A father's love of his children will compel the greatest anger toward anything that threatens them. The Bible teaches us that God is love, 1 John 4, 8. The same Bible teaches us that while God will forgive iniquity, he will by no means clear the guilty. Exodus 34, 7. This seems contradictory to the world's skewed version of God, which wants him to be soft on sin. The irony is that God cannot be truly loving without also being just in his fury toward anything that would harm his creation. 
Like a father is willing to act in violent fury to protect his family, God's love for his creation is so vast, he of necessity must express furious wrath toward anything or anyone that might bring destruction. Sin has brought destruction to God's creation. God's anger kindles when humans know he exists but refuse to acknowledge him, willingly believe lies about him, and worship something else. Everyone has been confronted with the reality of God. Today's text reminds the reader of the manifestation of God's reality in the natural world. Paul stated that God has plainly revealed himself along with his character in his creation. From what one may observe in the natural world, God's eternal power and divine nature can be perceived, and it has been this way from the beginning of time. Testimony to this reality can be seen in the fact that the history of nearly every ancient tribe across the globe tells the story of some deity, some higher power, or some supernatural being to which the people of the tribe owe allegiance. Indeed, every human being who honestly assesses his purpose in this world must wrestle with the reality of a creator. God has not hidden himself from us, but manifests his reality and character to everyone. The fire of God's anger became kindled when he observed what mankind did with the beauty of this knowledge of God. Instead of seeking to worship him more perfectly, Paul wrote that sinful man was naturally inclined to suppress the truth about God so that they might continue living in unrighteousness. Since man did not want to glorify God by submitting to him, he chose to dismiss the truth about God, which is clearly revealed in his stunning creation. Having chosen to walk down the path of foolishness and desiring to worship, sinful man created idols to worship instead of his creator. God's anger toward anyone who would corrupt himself and others through idolatry is justified. Worshiping idols shakes a fist in the face of God, which, as Paul wrote, demonstrates extreme foolishness by willful ignorance. Every person who willingly rejects his creator finds himself in desperate need of rescue from the fury of God's wrath. How does the gospel deliver us from God's wrath? Number two, the gospel rescues from man's wickedness. Romans 1, 24-32 Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who exchanged the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet." And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, 
proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Paul continued his argument for the power and necessity of the gospel of Jesus Christ by showing just how desperately wicked man has become. The wrath of God is absolutely warranted when one considers the evil extent to which humans are willing to go in order to dethrone him in worship. In my office, I have a picture hanging behind my desk. I took the picture at sunset in one of my favorite locations on the edge of a lake. The picture is stunning, but it does not even come close in comparison to what I would experience if I literally sat at the edge of the lake, feeling the breeze, listening to the water lap against the shore and the ducks quack, or watching the sun drop below the horizon and observing a rainbow of colors streak across the clouds in the sky. I would never want to swap a real-life experience at the lake for the picture in my office. The picture is made by man, but the reality is made by God, and they can never be compared. When man gazes into infinite space, full of cosmic wonders, observes majestic mountains and oceans, gazes into the minuscule designs of tiny insects or plants, or experiences cataclysmic natural phenomenon such as weather events or the birth of a child, he comes face to face with the reality of his Creator. Man in his sinful state, though, will resist the authority and power of God rather than worship Him in obedient submission. Since he still desires to worship, sinful man is content with creating his own deities for worship based on what he sees in nature rather than worshiping the one responsible for everything he sees. People who choose to forfeit the worship of their true creator in rebellion have nothing left to worship except that which satisfies the desires of their own deceitful hearts. Where might the naturally deceitful human heart lead someone? Paul wrote that rebellious people would follow the uncleanness of their unregenerate hearts into idolatry, sexual promiscuity, homosexual acts, covetousness, malice, envy, murder, strife, deceit, gossip, slander, pride, disobedience to authority, foolishness, faithlessness, and heartlessness. These evil deeds are the outward evidence that demonstrate a person's denial of God. This sinful reality begs a question, namely, how long might God be patient with the impenitence of a person unwilling to submit to his Creator? When a dog constantly pulls his owner on the leash, there may come a time when the owner runs out of patience and simply lets the dog loose to have his own way. When that happens, it rarely turns out well for the animal. God, in his infinite knowledge, knows the deep levels of human depravity. He knows who will respond to his convicting spirit and who will never repent. Three times in this portion of the text, Paul wrote that God gave them up to follow their own human passions, Romans 1, 24, 26, and 28. The idea of God releasing people to do whatever their hearts desire should cast dread on the reader. This does not teach that God will abandon someone forever, even if they choose to repent and trust in Jesus. This simply teaches us that God will not force anyone to love him. 
Instead, he will allow every person to follow his sinful nature until he hopefully comes to realize his own desperate need of salvation. In order to convince us of how gracious Jesus Christ is in salvation, God allows us to realize how repugnant our sinful hearts can be without him. Setting the Application Since everyone who has ever been born has been placed into God's beautiful creation and has observed firsthand how powerful and holy He is, everyone is accountable for responding in worship of God. Everyone who possesses the ability to comprehend his own sinfulness in light of the holiness of his Creator must decide to submit to God or to rebel in idolatry. God allows everyone to experience the ramifications of following a wretched heart which chooses to worship creation instead of the Creator. Rebellion in sin can have the tragic effect of hardening one's heart over the course of a lifetime, never to be softened by repentance. But an alternative effect to the experience of detestable evil can be experienced when the stunning light of the gospel pierces a darkened heart. When the gospel of Jesus Christ invades a sin-sick life, real rescue can happen. Jesus bore the sins of mankind on the cross of Calvary and endured the wrath of God stored up against us. God so loved the world that He executed justice for sin on His Son, which satisfied His wrath against sinners. This gospel is the best news anyone can hear. Today's text reminds us how despicable the human condition can be and how desperate everyone is for a Savior. We need to be saved from ourselves and from the wrath of God, which will ultimately send every unbeliever into the lake of fire. Revelation 20:15. Christian, you have the message of salvation. While you cherish the word of deliverance in your heart, be willing to open your heart and mouth to those who need to hear that Jesus saves. How can you bring the gospel to your community? Thanks, Brother Mark, for sharing such great truth with us this week. Join us next week as we take another look at God's Word with Brother Mark. Don't forget to join us daily on our Through the Bible daily devotionals on our daily devotional blog at www.bogardpress.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.